Pokemon to the backstretch, I want to talk this week a little bit about the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Exciting class that we have going in this year. Obviously, former champion and Matt Kenseth, a championship crew chief, and Kurt Shelbardine, and then Herschel McGriff, along with the uh, Landmark Award winner in Mike Helton. It's particularly exciting to see Helton going in, living in Bristol. He's a Bristol native, and I think he's definitely deserving. My issue with the Hall of Fame is that I think that the NASCAR Hall voters have gotten really obsessed with getting young guys into every Hall of Fame class. I I definitely think Matt Kenseth is Hall of Fame worthy. I don't necessarily think he needed to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, much like Dale Earnhardt Jr. I didn't think like he needed to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I feel like there are some older guys that need to be in the Hall of Fame that haven't been put into the Hall of Fame. And I'm just really concerned that we're rushing to stay relevant instead of actually making this a Hall of Fame. I really would like to see um, Ricky Rudd, Banjo Matthews, or Ralph Moody. I still don't understand the whole Holman Moody thing. They're basically the manufacturer or one of the manufacturers to help put this sport on the map. How they're not in the Hall of Fame just absolutely floors me. But this is where we are and. Like I said, I like the Hall of Fame class. I think it's three more than deserving people. I just wish that we would pay a little more attention, a little more detail to the history of the sport. We are going to Darlington this weekend. I mean, it doesn't get more historic than that. Uh, We've got all these great throwback paint paint schemes. But if we're really committed to the history of the sport, I would like to see us honor it. All right, let's kick things over to Chris. I'm joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Camping World Truck Series. And Chris, last week on the podcast, you said that Chase Elliott was the driver who was in most need of a win this season. Well, he was the points leader heading into this week at Dover, and now he has a win. How big is this win for Chase? I, I can try to put myself in Chase's shoes and also all the people on that team. You know, sometimes we forget about all the all the personalities that are with the driver on his teams. And, and I think that, I think it's huge. You know, you're, uh, what, third of the way into the season, not even that or so. And, and you know, the, the pressure's mounting up because all your teammates have won a race. Everybody's, you know, starting to ask questions and point fingers and all this and that. And you go to Dover, which is, they don't call it the Monster Mile for nothing. And you go out there and, and, and win a tough race at a tough racetrack and come home. And now you can just take a deep breath and say, okay, nothing's wrong. We just got to go execute like everybody else every week. And we're going to bring home some checkered flags. And now he can, you know, maybe put aside all the... Uh, the, I don't know, the riffraffs and the scuttle and everything that goes on and say, well, you know, let's just focus on going every week. Now we're in the playoffs. We punched our ticket. We got a win. Let's get back to business and get some more. And I think it's just a huge sigh of relief for everybody involved in that team. And I'm sure everybody at Hendrick Racing. So this is the fifth win in 11 races for Hendrick Motorsports. I asked on my Twitter feed, how many races do you think the Hendrick boys will win this season? They've already won five of the 11 races, and the overwhelming winner on this poll was eight or more races. So, Chris, do you agree with the viewers? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in trending, you know, and trending statistics. And um, 
let's face it, Heather, this the Hendrick Hendrick Motorsports Company has has taken this challenge of the new car by the horns. They they've obviously been very serious about it from the word go. They've capitalized on opportunities. They're executing well. They've got four hungry drivers executing well. And I think, you know, if you do the multiplication, you know, they're going to win. They're going to win 15, you know, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Uh, now, some other other teams and cars, t teams and drivers are going to get better. They're going to find they're going to be just like Chase Elliott. They're going to finally say, okay, we finally found our way to victory lane. Now let's forget about it. Let's start bringing home some more trophies and so on and so forth. So, you know, it may the competition is going to catch up some, but I think they win a dozen at least at the end of the year. I really do. Denny Hamlin and I guess also A.J. Allmendinger lost the wheel this week during the race. Denny actually lost the wheel while he was leading the race. Mm -hmm. His crew chief, and I guess Allmendinger's crew chief as well, will miss four races now. It seems to be a reoccurring issue with the next-gen car. I've asked before, and I'll ask again, does NASCAR need to reevaluate the single lug, single lug nut wheel and the issues the crew chiefs are having, or the crews are having with them? Uh, yes. Um, I can say from a crew chief standpoint, I can't imagine, I mean, knock on wood here, I, I've never, you know, been the been the recipient of a penalty for a loose wheel. That's probably coming eventually, but, it, you know, there's nothing the crew chief can do about it. Uh, and, and I'm not sure in this situation, I'm not so sure anybody can do anything about it. And uh, it just, Heather, it's, it, this, is a, this is a deal to where this, this is a safety deal. And I don't think it's, it's a... a, a a product of a tire changer or a jack man just simply trying to be too quick. Okay, now yeah, that does that does factor in it, but I don't I don't I, I just don't think that this is the I don't think this is the real issue. I, I don't think this is where the fire's starting. I think they need to get look at get down get down into the middle of it and and get down you know dissect the whole thing and say okay now wait a minute we've got to have a little room for error here for these guys and something's got to something's that we need some help for these guys because i don't know that this is wheels coming off at dover i saw the one that went all the way up to the wall and and rolled down in front of a bunch of cars coming at you know probably 130 or 40 miles an hour in the middle of the turn and i'm thinking oh my word and um uh, it, it's just not good so uh, this is this is one of the glitches that that have come along with this new car, and they're they're going to be there. It's it's really nobody's fault. There's no reason to panic, but there is reason to say, okay, we we've got to bite the bullet, maybe swallow our pride a little bit. We got to dig into this, and we got to find a fix, and quit finding people that don't and suspending people that we need at the racetrack that are smart enough to know how to maybe fix the problem. So, speaking of problems, Bubba Wallace was 16th at Dover. Kurt Busch was 31st. Both drivers are outside of the playoffs right now. What is the problem at 23-11 this season? And did expanding to a two-car team this year hurt them rather than help them? Uh, that's a good question, Heather. I think, you know, there's, there's always, you know, any, any expansion, any big decision, major, major move in a company like that, there, it, it's not always 100% good. It is a good thing to have teammates. You've got to have teammates to lean on, and they're trying to build that team to where they can compete with the Hendricks and the Gibbs and the Penske's and so on and so forth. Um, they, they've had a, man, they've had a lot of terrible luck this year. Some of it has been self-inflicted. Um, some races, their cars haven't been as competitive, and it's just, you know, the, the, the spot they're in, 
it's just hard to find that consistency. Now you can turn around and look at the track house team and the, you know Justin Marks bunch and you know they've won two or three races now and they seem to be riding on clouds all the time. Uh, you know I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's time to start to push the panic button or start the finger pointing with with uh, the you know Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch and uh, that team. I just think that you know they're going to have to dig down. Uh, do a real gut check, and that's for drivers, crew, fab shop, owners, everybody, crew chiefs, and, and dig down and get, get down to the nitty-gritty details and make sure they're crossing all the T's, dotting the I's, every time they go to the racetrack. And that's hard. It's difficult. There's not nothing easy about it. But if they're going to turn it around, that's what they got to do. I will say this. I think in all fairness, people want to compare 2311 to Trackhouse. Yeah. Trackhouse took over an already existing team in Chip Ganassi yeah. Racing. Exactly. And they did make them better. I mean, it this did. is a better Absolutely. organization than Chip Ganassi was, but it's not exactly apples to apples, no, even no, though they're two second-year teams. Absolutely not. It's not It's not fair to, you know, let, let's face it, we've got we've got teams that are, that are uh, have tons of experience and have been existing for a long time and have won races in the past that are struggling to run up front and be competitive and they're they're crashing cars racing. too that's that's what's called racing if it was easy everybody would be doing it. me and you'd be doing it right. but I, you know it's just it, i just i just think it's again it's just at those times I mean, I've been in that chair before, and, and it's like you you got to make your mind up. I, you know, this is something we got to be better. We got to be better than the challenge, and they've got a big challenge. They got a lot of ground to make up, but they're professionals. This again, this is the Cup Series. It's the best in the world, and they're going they're going to put everything they've got into it. I can promise you that, drivers included, and they're going to they're going to find ways to improve and maybe win some races here before soon. The Lady in Black the is on Lady the agenda this week. A rare race scheduled for Mother's Day. Martin Truex Jr. won this race last year at Darlington. So what's the key to getting around this 1.3-mile track? Boy, a lot of people would like to know all those keys, <laughs> Heather. I've, I've been doing this 47 years and, and was you know, lucky enough, fortunate enough, to have won a couple of races back a few years ago with, with Harry Gant in the, what was called the Bush Grand National Series and have run good some. Uh, there, but but man, winning this race, winning races at Darlington is just difficult because it is just a constant battle against the racetrack. You hear that race to racetrack, race to racetrack, race to racetrack. Well, the compet competition is so tight now, you got to race everybody else too who's <laughs> racing the racetrack. So, staying out of the wall, staying out of trouble, uh, trying to keep ahead of the racetrack as far as changes. Uh, tire wear, tire, you know, lap time degradation is going to be a big deal. Uh, so pit strategies, uh, I, I don't want to say it's going to be that because every time you come down pit road, you're probably going to put tires on. And uh, I think it's just a guy managing that tire wear, managing his car, managing, you know, where to get the balance, good communication with the crew chief, helping out get the right adjustments and be there at the end. And if you do, you're going to have. I'm looking forward to see what the new next gen car will do here. I think it's a. I think it's a good opportunity for the next gen car to to, to shine. And I think you'll see good racing there. I hope so. Uh, if it if it's so, then the future of the next gen car is going to be really bright. Joining us now is Eric Jones, driver of number 43 Chevy for Petty GMS Motorsports. You're coming off a good run at Dover, another tough track to uh, to tackle. You are running really well. You, I feel like you don't always get the finishes you deserve this year, but as a team, you guys have run really well. 
What's the difference this year? Is it the new car? Is it the, the added ownership? Is it the teammate? What's been the difference this year? Yeah, I think it's a host of things. And, and, and really what you just mentioned, all those things, the, uh, the ownership has helped. GMS has some great people that have come on board and, and help us out. Um, Dave Allen's coming on board. Crew chief this year has been a big addition for us and um, uh, moving our program forward. And then the new car too. I mean, just the new car kind of leveling the playing field, you know, allowing a guy like Dave to come into the cup series and start with the blank sheet along with everybody else uh, has made that possible. You know, I don't think that um, Dave would have wanted to make that move without having an opportunity to be on a, on a level playing field with everybody. So it's been fun in that aspect, you know, being able to try to take advantage of something new, uh, find out what the car likes, find out how to make it better than everybody else right now. And, um, you know, go out there and, and run with those top teams has been fun. How important is it to you? You talked about wanting to run the petty blue car and the throwback at Darlington. But how important is it to you to with the addition of GMS to help really restore petty, right? Because his teams, it's been really difficult as a single car team to get that program going. Now you have a teammate and like you mentioned, the ownership to really, you know, bring petty back up to the top, run in the top 10 like you did this past weekend. Well, I, I think going into last year, you know, I was realistic about it, obviously. Um, they'd struggled a bit for the past few seasons and, and I knew going in that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to change things instantly. You know, I, I, uh, a driver can only do so much. So, uh, knew going in that it was going to be a work in progress and, and that takes time. That takes evaluation from everybody, not just me, uh, and then kind of making a plan and going forward with it. And, um, you know, credit to Petty GMS. I mean, they've, they've been right with me all along the last year trying to, um, you know, get cars better, uh, bring better stuff to the track and, and we have, and it's paying off and we've got good people. We've brought good people in, made good choices, good changes, uh, and all that stuff's paid off. And so it's nice to get to 43 back towards the front. You know, we've, uh, we've been up front, we've led laps and, and that's a good feeling. You know, we're in the playoffs right now on points, which is awesome. Uh, at this point in the season, we obviously want to get that uh, a little bit more secure. We're just on the cusp right now. So just got to stack points through these summer months. The summer months have been great to me in the past in the cup series, uh, between the tracks and uh, that we go to. So uh, looking forward to it here in the next few weeks. How big is it to have a teammate? I mean, obviously you've been in organizations where you've had one teammate when you were uh, all the way back when you were at Furniture Row and then multiple teammates at Gibbs and then by yourself last year. How important is it to have somebody to bounce information information off like you have with Ty right now? I think it helps a lot at the cup level. You know, anytime you just have more information, it's making it better. And they're they're doing different stuff, trying different stuff than what we're trying. We're we're learning along the way. We're all learning at the same pace. You know, the car's so different, unique. Uh, we're all trying to figure out what it likes and what certain changes are going to do and how it's going to affect the race car, uh, good and bad. And and we're able to learn from each other on those things. So when you're a single car team, and obviously last year was the first time I did that, um, you know, it can be a bit more challenging. You're, you're able to go whichever direction you want, which is a good thing, but it's also uh, uh, can be a hindrance at times. You can get going down the wrong path pretty quickly and pretty easily. So uh, but nice to have a teammate back, kind of keep keeps things in check a little bit easier and, and definitely gives another data point. How much do you guys look at the team uh, like Trackhouse and, and, and use that as inspiration? I look at you guys really as a first year team, right? Because it's the first year of, of the Petty GMS. But look at a team like Trackhouse in their second season and think, gosh, if they're doing that, what can we be doing in a year? I think it's been impressive to see what they've done. I think, you know, week in, week out. Um, the one, the one team has been one of the fastest on the track every week. So, um, I, and if they can keep it up, they will be, you know, they'll be ch championship contenders, no doubt. I mean, if they can keep this speed, so it's encouraging for us, you know, if you can see a program come in like that, uh, and within a year build into something, um, 
as, as what they are now. You know, I, I have no doubt we, we're capable of that people wise. I think we have the talent and the knowledge to do it. And it's just a matter of putting, you know, thought to paper, pen to paper, however you want to put it and, and applying it and making it work. And I think we know where we need to be better. We know where we excel a bit right now. And we're just kind of trying to figure those things out. Dover was good for us because, you know, a bit more of a short track race um, than, than what we what we've had in the past few weeks and, and able to run top 10. We've struggled a bit on the short tracks between Richmond and Phoenix. So um, that was nice. You know, I feel like we're getting making gains and getting things better. So. Uh, final question, then I'll let you go because I know we're on up on, on time. Uh, what's it like being around the king? I mean, I see you out and about. And I saw like the little TikTok you guys did at, at Bristol, which I thought was hysterical. And he just seems to be like up for having a lot of fun and just a fun guy to be around. He is. He's, uh, you know, he's got a great sense of humor when you really get to know him and, and, and spend some time with him. And I, I've had a blast with him, just getting to know him better and and, and really his whole family, you know, I've, I've been able to get to know a lot of them uh, a lot better over the last year. And, and obviously they're all pretty involved in the racing program. So it's been fun. It's definitely feels like a family team, you know, when I joined up last year and that's been a cool thing for me. And, um, you know, Richard, he's a funny guy. He's re he really does have a good sense of humor. So it's been fun to get to spend some time with him. For my final thought today, I'd like to talk about those pesky NASCAR wheels. I talked about it a little bit with Chris Carrier, but I think it's really becoming a problem. The wheels coming off the cars, it's becoming a safety issue, as Chris talked about. I think NASCAR is going to have to do something. They're either going to have to make these pit crews slow down, not just with fines and suspensions, but really find a way to make them slow down to get the wheels on the car, or they're going to have to change the wheel. We can't have, be having wheels falling off every time, and I know wheels fell off on the old style wheel with the five lug nuts but you could really tell why right you missed two lug nuts you got fat fast and cute and wanted to try to see if you could get away with having three lug nuts that's not the thing anymore they they are malfunctions there are improperly mounted wheels and i think that you know that's gonna be a safety hazard i mean the place like talladega it could have catastrophic results so I'm not sure what the solution is, and I hate throwing things out there without having a solution, but NASCAR needs to do something about the wheels. Thanks for joining me on the Backstretch. We'll talk to you next week.